The top law enforcement official in the country will testify before the Senate Intelligence Committee at 2.30 Wall Street time. And Attorney General Jeff Sessions is expected to face a grilling from his former colleagues who treated him with kid gloves when he testified during his confirmation hearings. The senator's questions are expected to run the gamut from his involvement with fired FBI Director James Comey and his dismissal to his contacts with the Russians and his testimony about those contacts during his confirmation hearings. A little over a week ago, Democratic Senators Patrick Leahy and Al Franken revealed they had asked Comey to investigate Sessions for perjury stemming from this part of his confirmation hearing. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I did not not have communications with the Russians. After a report came out that Sessions had two contacts with the Russian ambassador last year, he changed his testimony. Now there are reports that Sessions may have had a third closed-door meeting with the Russian ambassador at the Mayflower Hotel in Washington, something the Justice Department has denied. My guests are Ryan Goodman, professor at NYU Law School and co-editor-in-chief of Just Security, and Bradley Moss, partner at Mark Zaid. Ryan, let's start with the question of Sessions' talks with the Russians. Is there a possibility of perjury charges from his prior testimony or if he denies a third meeting today? I suppose it's theoretically possible. It all really rests on something that's very difficult to prove, which is what was in his mind when he testified originally. So at his confirmation hearings, he definitely denied any contacts uh, with Russians during the campaign. But the question is, was he like willfully withholding that information? Um, and is the information one in which he thought he was answering the right question? So I think it comes down to those kinds of difficult uh, evidentiary considerations. Brad, Sessions was a big part of Comey's testimony. At one point, Comey testified, if, as the president said, I was fired because of the Russia investigation, why was the attorney general involved in that chain? If Sessions did not adhere to his recusal from the Russian investigations, would there be any penalty? No, well, and when it comes to the attorney... Oh, sorry. Mark. Go ahead, Brad. Okay, oh, Bradley, uh, Bradley, Sorry. No worries. Yeah, no. When it comes to the attorney general, he ultimately serves at the pleasure of the president. So while in theory, yes, the recusal is something to be adhered to, it's a technical violation if, in fact, he ran afoul of it. And truly, only the president can take any action. Congress can certainly, and I certainly expect they will, uh, ask him questions about that today under oath to see the extent to which he considered the ethical concerns and the extent to which he was running afoul of his recusal. But in the end, he'll be in that job until the president demands his resignation. So, Ryan, we've heard Chuck Schumer, the minority leader, say that we want assurances that he's going to keep to his recusal from the Russian investigation. He doesn't get those insurances? Right. I think that he would have to get those assurances also from other people in the building. So the deputy attorney general is trying to give those kinds of assurances since he's basically in control of the supervision of the special counsel who's investigating Russia right now. Um, but it's otherwise going to be very difficult for them to get that kind of information. And also the one big question is, you know, how does Jeff Sessions interpret the parameters of his recusal? Uh, that's one of the other issues that will have to be faced today uh, because you might interpret it narrowly, broadly. Uh, you know, for, what, for example, one question is uh, the attorney general has only said he is recused from matters that arose out of the campaigns. 
Well, then what about the questions of obstruction of justice? Um, if the special counsel is now taking up those issues, I could imagine that the attorney general will say that that's not what fits within the parameters of his recusal. So there would have to be some pretty significant uh, communication between the Justice Department and the Senate uh, for the Senate to be informed about what exactly uh, the attorney general is involved in and what he's not. Bradley, in about 45 seconds, what do you see as the most important question that he'll be asked? It's going to be twofold. It's going to be, and this is really responding to James Comey's testimony. To what extent did he respond or address James Comey's concerns about being left in the room alone with the president? And to what extent, if any, did uh, Mr. Sessions ever intervene or was he ever asked about intervening in the investigation into Michael Flynn? Those are pretty serious uh, concerns raised by the Comey testimony, and I expect that will be brought up today. How important is Attorney General Jeff Sessions' testimony to any investigation of President Trump, to James Comey's credibility, to the Russia investigation of the election interference, and to Sessions' position as Attorney General? I've been talking with Ryan Goodman, professor at NYU Law School and co-editor-in-chief of Just Security, and Bradley Moss, partner at Mark Zaid. Ryan, how important is Sessions' testimony? Um, I think it is uh, potentially quite important uh, if he has knowledge of um, other uh, contacts between the Trump campaign that might have taken place uh, with Russia or with uh, through WikiLeaks. Um, and then, of course, there's this burning question about whether or not, lo and behold, there was a third meeting uh, in which he took place with a Russian official at the Mayflower Hotel. And that was raised uh, potentially by Comey's own testimony where he referred to the fact that he could not disclose in an open session uh, what the reasons were why Sessions would need to be recused and that the FBI knew that he would need to be recused all the way back in uh, mid-February. Brad, Comey said that he took the opportunity to implore the attorney general to prevent any future direct communication between the president and him after that February 14th meeting. And the Justice Department denied that, saying that Sessions stressed to Comey the need to observe proper protocols. What should, as attorney general, what should Comey, what should Sessions have done in that instance? Well, as the attorney general and as the uh, effectively the overseer of the entire Justice Department, he should, emphasis on should, uh, have more or less concurred with the concern and under- recognized the concern raised by Director Comey. And he should have taken appropriate action to make the president aware, and the president's unfamiliar with standard government procedures, so he's still learning about this, make the president aware of what is proper, what is custom and tradition in terms of how even within the executive branch, certain individuals are supposed to be essentially quarantined from each other to avoid even the appearance of impropriety. It's something the president's not particularly well-versed in. It's something that the attorney general, as his top legal uh, law enforcement official, a separate, and separate uh, top legal advisor separate from the White House counsel, really should have been making the president aware of and putting these concerns at ease. And the fact that he didn't appears to not have done so raises some questions about the extent to which he views himself as independent from the White House. Ryan, there has been some question of what 
he will answer as far as his conversations with the president. Uh, according to a person familiar with Sessions' plan, he has told the committee he will refuse to discuss his conversations with the president. The notion of executive privilege has been dangled out there and questions asked about that. A few weeks ago, we saw the director of national intelligence, Dan Coats, and national security agency director, Admiral Mike Rogers, simply refuse to answer a question about their conversations with Trump without citing anything. So what what can Sessions do legally? That's a great question. And, and I was going to say the same thing. It's almost like deja vu all over again from last week before the very same committee. Sessions, if he wants to assert that he does, that he will not speak about conversations with the president, must, cert, uh, must assert and invoke some legal basis for that. You can't go before Congress testify and then assert no legal basis, as though it's just your own preference that you don't want to answer certain questions. So he could actually be held in contempt of Congress unless he at the very least cites a legal reason like executive privilege, so that the conversations between him and the president uh, are privileged and confidential. That's a, then that would open up a second question as to whether or not that's an appropriate invocation of executive privilege, especially since Congress needs to perform its role here in investigating matters of uh, potential legal violations like obstruction of justice and the Russia investigation. So I think he's going to have a very hard time with that and a very hard time uh, with both Republicans and Democrats, uh, quite likely, because they want to assert uh, Congress's prerogatives in this domain. Brad, we have that session of the February 14th meeting in the Oval Office where I think that's had the most conversation directed at it about Comey's testimony, the most dissection of it, where he said, my sense was the attorney general knew he shouldn't be leaving, which is why he was lingering. Now, how do you, that's an open question about feelings almost. How do you expect Sessions to handle a question about that? Oh, it'll, you know, it'll be very interesting, and that's one of the certainly one of the questions we want to have addressed is they'll ask him essentially for the TikTok of how that meeting started in terms of uh, both Attorney General Sessions and Jared Kushner trying to stay in the room with the president when he tried to order everyone out so he could speak to Comey. They'll ask Mr. Sessions what it was, what it was in his mindset, what was his view on whether or not he needed to stay in the room. Did he have concerns about leaving the president alone in there with the FBI director, whether or not he, in his professional opinion, views it as appropriate for that kind of one-on-one -on -one meeting, especially given that the FBI was still investigating a former senior White House official in the form of Michael Flynn? So I think his description of those events will go a long way to giving Congress and the public, to an extent, uh, a better feel for how things have worked in this White House and how the attorney general has viewed his role. Ryan, in, in about 30 seconds, will they be asking him about his involvement in the selection of a new FBI director and what he's been asked? Sure, I think that that could come up. It's uh, not as easy to predict, uh, but you know, he has himself apparently named other people that he thought of as better for the job, and those people uh, were generally thought of as lacking the kind of independence that one would want for an FBI director. So I think it's a very fair question to raise with him in particular about what he thinks of as the independence of an FBI director and what he thinks of that person ever, for example, swearing loyalty to the president or something like that. It's really a question of the independence that somebody brings to that role. Well, thank you for helping us 
Look forward to this testimony and what to watch out for. That's Ryan Goodman, professor at NYU Law School, co-editor-in-chief of Just Security, and Bradley Moss, partner at Mark Zaid.